welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, a bi-monthly podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. My name is Pat Royce. You can also find us on Twitter at LCS Podcast. We're also on TikTok at Lie, Cheat, Steal Podcast. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this, or you can subscribe to our Patreon, where we release two more episodes every month. That's at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. That being said, as always, I'm here with my co-host, broadcasting live from beautiful, fiery New York, uh, <laughs> Kath Barbadoro. How you doing, Kath? Hi, I'm good. Yeah, we're recording this in the midst of uh, the New York uh, smoke apocalypse. Our whole city is getting hotboxed by Canadian <laughs> Canadian pine trees. Uh, I I will say, like, it's definitely bad. It's especially if you have, like, asthma or something. It's It's really terrible. I kind of like how it smells. I think it smells kind of good. I don't know. I like, hey, I'm just I a mean, weirdo. You, you, yeah, you like what you like, you know. Like, <laughs> I, I, should, I, I think gas smells good. <laughs> right. It's the same. It's the same kind of like perverse yeah. good smell as like gas, where it's like it a little bit smells like burning garbage, but also it's like kind of good. I don't know. I I like it. Uh, it is. I I can't wait until it's clear though, because like I've been I've been updating uh, the podcast about my roller skating journey. Yes. And uh, I was going to go out today. I was going to roller skate today and uh, I couldn't go out because it's too gross Damn. outside. So that, that, that's, the, that's the, the, the real cl- tragedy of climate change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, is that, I, I can't now I can't roller skate. Now what? I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how are you? How are you doing? I am good. Uh, just uh, out here in Texas. Uh, not not on fire. It feels like it. though. Weirdly. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of switched. I feel like fires like this were way more common when I lived in Texas. But yeah, you guys yeah. are safe. Uh, but I'm, I'm doing doing good. Uh, but like doing off the road, working construction and definitely actually kind of like kind of liking it. You know, I get up in the morning. I go to work. I get off. I do shows. It's fun. It's cool. Domestic life. Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I'm not just grinding out the road. And now, like, like stuff like career stuff is happening more because I'm back in the city. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, apparently not a lot to be gained by driving around the middle of the country for three months at a time. So, I mean, one thing I did, I was really struck by the last time I was in Austin was, um, you know, the scene has changed quite a bit uh, since the pandemic. You know, Rogan moved there. A bunch of those guys came. People have been opening comedy clubs all over. Um, but it seems like all it's meant is that every comic in the town who's halfway decent can get paid. Like, yeah, people really, you know, not enough to live on necessarily, but like I was there in March and I was trying to find somebody to do a guest spot on my show and everyone I could think of had paying spots and they couldn't come. Yeah. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this bitch. is, this is a good problem, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can yeah, be all can, right. Like, yeah. At the very, yeah. Like, like there's, there's been some, I, I, headlined uh i don't like throw anybody's you know financials out there but i headlined a show recently that i was like oh whatever i'll see something a little something in my in my venmo and i saw i was like i saw a lot more of a little something than i thought i was gonna see in my venmo yeah. I was like, okay yeah and there, now like also with venmo you can just be like hey here's our little you know uh, our little qr code tip the comics and that like that pulls in some crazy numbers sometimes so yeah yeah it's certainly a town thirsty for comedy and it's a rocket <laughs> ride that's never gonna end no nope. and it's a bubble it's never gonna break yep. and it's gonna be great infinite for, demand 
ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, speaking about just the lovely area of Central Texas, uh, you know, where where I call home. I, I know, you, you know, it's as a special place in your heart. Near and dear to me. Absolutely. Yes. Although I did just realize I hit uh, six years in New York last week. And uh, that is only one year less than the time I spent in Austin, which is pretty oh, crazy. It, when, yeah. you, when that happens, yeah, yeah. Like I, I technically, the time period that I lived in my hometown, which is like formative of my years, my entire personage, my 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 beliefs, mm-hmm. and like everything I, I was baked there. Was we got there in 1998? I left in 2008. It was only 10 years. I've been yeah. in Austin longer. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange because that's just such a formative. That's why you're time. woke now. That's yeah, why you're woke yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got infected yeah. with the woke mind virus. The woke uh, mind virus. In yeah, I do. I, I, yeah, I've been. Uh, I've just been respecting people. It's a, it's insane. It needs to stop. <laughs> uh, I do like that I'm doing construction again because it's like a Trump card that people, when people are like, literally, oh, you fucking pussy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, like <laughs> people talk shit. It's like, dude, I'm covered in sawdust right now. What are you? Right. What are you doing? I'm oh, a tradesperson, a... motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how dare you? <laughs> You don't have to wear boots like I wear to work. (laughs) Although I still work at Air Maxes. That's that's how you know, God, Pat, you need to get in a union because you should not be working in Air Maxes. OSHA OSHA is having a field day on your construction projects. I, uh, man, what's funny is some of the people not working or saying they're not working. Uh, we've mentioned a comedian in the past, not by name, but an anti-vax guy who's just, you know, that's their thing now. And they did a, they have a whole uh, new TikTok out about where it was like, oh, Gen Z, when they have to work three hours, they're just like, no, oh, they're like melting and stuff. And it's like, dude, I know you. You're from a rich family in Fairfield, Connecticut. You've never had a job in your life. What would you do if you had to work three hours, right. sir? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, what if you just didn't edit TikToks for a living, you piece of shit? Um, <laughs> losing focus here so i know i ruined your segue i apologize no 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 no. i trust me girl i I love nothing more than to talk about other shit (laughs) (laughs) if something's not the subject at hand i'm down to talk about it uh but yeah we're so central texas i thought you know you think you know everything about a place and then you just stumble across a story that blows your mind so this one is about from 20 years ago and it's about um a young couple here in central Texas. Uh, and it just, I was like, wow, I was living, I was right out of high school when this happened. I never heard about it. It's an insane story. Let's dive right in. Let's do uh, it. So we're going back June 18th, 2004. Okay. I'm pretty sure I know where I was. And I was like 90 miles from this when it was happening. Uh, it's June 18th, 2004 on a backcountry road in Burnett County, Texas. Texas Department of Public Safety Officer William Telemontes is responding to a 911 call about a vehicle on fire at the bottom of an embankment. It's a late 90s model Chevy Cavalier. It's burnt out, reduced to a husk of its former glory. You know, the the, the full glory of a late 90s model Chevy Cavalier. (laughs) It it sucks to see it taken down a peg or two. Hate to Uh, see it. it. Yeah, this thing was torched. The wheels were fucking melted. There was 12 pounds of ash in the driver's seat. And uh, so the driver's That's seat like, is the... I, I would guess, uh, about how much ash a human would produce, right? Yeah, you yeah would think? I would think so. Yeah. You get cremated, and that's, yeah, 12 pounds, you know? You got to weigh it, though, because if it comes back short, then you got to confront the guy. 
Yeah. Like, hey, where's three ounces of my grandma, He's motherfucker? Skimming off the top. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude just has like ash around his nose. He's like, no, nah, man, I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why is there a laxative in my grandma's remains? What's going on here? <laughs> Look at that. I'm just numbing your grandma's ashes. Like, oh, no, don't feel right, bro. So. This is the last remnants of the person who clearly drove the car off the cliff. So immediate questions. Is it a drunk driver? Maybe a tired motorist who dozed off while navigating the winding rural roads? A Thelma and Louise, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was two friends sticking together to the end. (laughs) Uh, Authorities quickly traced the vehicle to Clayton Wayne Daniels, a 24-year-old resident. Great Central Texas name. (laughs) Yeah. Not two first names, three first names. Yeah. <laughs> three first names, yeah. Clayton, Wayne, Daniels, yeah. <laughs> so a 24-year-old resident of nearby Leander, Texas. What up, Leander? Uh, that's like, this, it's like for people who are in Austin, that's like, this might as well be the same fucking city. You know, like, yeah, like, it's, like it's, a, is, it's an inner ring northern suburb, I would yeah. say. I, like, I, I consider it North Austin to a degree. It's basically Pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. So police arrive at the residence where Clayton's 21-year-old wife, Molly, lived with the couple's daughter and her son from a previous marriage. The uh, daughter was named Harley, like the motorcycle. Cool. Because, cool. yeah, her Yeah, her dad, Clayton, was a uh, mechanic, and he, he loved motorcycles, so he named his daughter Haley, or Harley. So according to Molly, she tells the people, she's like, oh, shit, yeah, Clayton took the Cavalier the night before to visit his mom, and he hadn't gotten back yet. And apparently he never would. Because the ash was sent to the medical examiner in Austin, who concluded that they indeed were the remains of Clayton Daniels. So, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Clayton. Uh, big Clay. In the, in the following days, the community of Leander, Leander, Texas, rallied together to provide assistance for the recently widowed Molly. See, Clayton had worked at, at his auto mechanic, and Molly performed receptionist duties for a local home remodeling company. So it was a very working class couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they lacked financial security. You know, they're all they're very paycheck to paycheck as it was. Early twenties with two kids is a tough, yeah, tough yeah, way to live. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I I know friends now who have like come out of the other side of that. I think usually when you have kids, you pull it together generally. Yeah, you know what I'm sure. saying. But like some people don't, you know. Like, well, and it's <laughs> but, like I mean, you you pull it together. Maybe you're more responsible. But like, if you don't have still money, tight. you don't yeah. have money. You know. Yeah, you exactly. Can, you could still give your kid a good childhood, but you're fucking stressed out. Like that's tough. Yeah, and you, you you might pull it together. You might come out of it like you're in your 30s. The kids are a little older. You found your stability. But yeah, those early 20s years are tough, you know, especially because like. When you're twenty, you're in your early twenties, like you're still having fun. And no matter how responsible you are as a twenty three year old mother, you probably still got a friend you fucking drink with. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're you're not just completely chilling. Um, so they were. So the, the community began to pull together to assist Molly and her two children and their, with their monthly bills, which are coming due. And a memorial service was held in Burnett, Texas, where Clayton grew up. And instead of hymns, they played the song Freebird by Leonard Skinner. <laughs> R.I.P., dude. This guy's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah, Clayton, Clayton, uh, uh, complex. He went guy. out, he went out the way that a guy who gets Freebird played at their funeral is gonna go out. Like, and has a daughter named Harley because he worked on yeah. motorcycles. Like, yeah, you go out in a fiery wreck. That's, yeah, yeah, a fiery sense. wreck. And, and a, and a Chevy Cavalier. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, 
the official car of driving back from a drug dealer's house. (laughs) And you would think that makes it the official car of driving to a drug dealer's house. And in a lot of cases it is, but it's two different things. Yeah. yeah, The Cavalier is the one you take home. And, uh, So Clayton hadn't worked in the months leading up to his death. Instead, he had stayed at home and watched over Haley and Caleb is the name of the son. And so Molly uh, had explained to Caleb that the man he called dad, I believe and it wasn't his biological father, but he was like, he, you know, he was on the scene. He was oh. a dad that stepped up. Absolutely. Uh, but now he's the dad that stepped out to go get a <laughs> pack of smokes in heaven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, they said it like this is. I, I didn't think about this detail. Like, they, like the kid's dad was a uh, a mechanic, and young Caleb. They're like, "Hey, daddy had to go to heaven," and he said he was like, "Well, where's the car? Like, what about the car?" Like, they're like, "What oh. about that Cavalier, man? Yeah, what That's about that Cavalier? I got yeah, mom. I got fucking errands to run. Okay, <laughs> I, I have to drive. He I have drove to drive his car to heaven, <laughs> like the end of Greece." That's, that's what it was. Exa- that's exactly what they tell him. They said they, he needed the car to get to heaven. And like, yeah, like, it's the car for driving home from the drug dealer's house and to heaven. And to heaven, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... The couple had taken out an insurance policy on Clayton two years prior, uh, but it would be months until it paid off. And in the meantime, Molly would need childcare as her and Clayton had settled into an arrangement where the out-of-work Clayton would watch the kids while Molly worked. And there was a neighbor by the name of Jenna, and she reached an agreement to watch Caleb and Harley while Molly continued her job as a receptionist at the home improvement firm. So they decided on 120 bucks a week, and then... Uh, Jenna took on the babysitting duties to assist Molly. Jenna actually didn't know Molly. Uh, she had never met her before, but J- Molly had reached out and was like, hey, I need babysitting help and put mm-hmm. like a flyer up. And she saw the flyer gotcha. and answered it. So, yeah, the community got together, you know, and made things happen. So Molly gets back to work and then investigators get to work analyzing the crash. Now, William Telemontes, the guy that had, the original DPS officer that had pulled up, he was put off by the lack of tire skid marks. That are normally present when a car drives off the road. Um, furthermore, the fire seemed to have like originated from the driver's seat itself, mm. where Clayton had been driving, yeah. not from the engine or the gas tank. Okay, and- here's my here's my plausible theory. He fell asleep, hence no uh, skid marks, with a lit cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Hence the jamming fire. free jamming free bird jamming <laughs> free bird yeah. yeah just ash like that long off his mouth yep. and he's like i'm as free as a bird now <laughs> and this bird is not a way <laughs> i had roughly the same time as this a friend of mine was on xanax and crashed his car through a house that oh nobody lived at, thank God. Thank God, there, yeah. Yeah, Oof. there was a cleaning lady there, but she was upstairs. He woke up to her banging on the window and yelling at him. Oh, my um, God. So we, like, crazy enough, it made the front paper of the Copper's Cove Leader Press front page of the paper. But what was, like, a little crazy was that they started thinking about it. Mike drove a standard, and is this, this this was at the end of a cul-de-sac street, or a keyhole street, we talked about in the last episode, at the end of a keyhole street that was, like, a mile and a half long it was uphill the entire last eight blocks and it was the very top house at the end of this thing he's driving a standard you he had to shift to like get it what was was he doing like he was just (laughs) 
just like no, this 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 road goes it goes through it goes In- through. Instinct took over, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he just knew, you know. Yeah, and the next day he read the police report and realized that Xanax was not spelled with a Z. Mm. <laughs> he told us that he's like, bro. I saw he it. learned I like, a valuable lesson yeah, that yeah. day. <laughs> he was like, I said, what the fuck is Xanax? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like a guy but, who drives his car through a house. That's yeah, yeah. yeah this all tracks. <laughs> this all tracks. Yeah, that notable house driver through her. That guy, <laughs> um, kind of a, a a key part of his personality. <laughs> so, it seemed to tell Montez that the body had been dead before being placed in the car, mm. uh, alluding to flat to foul play. But you know who would kill. Daniels, right? So they want they had to look at it, and it wouldn't turn out. However, that there was a short list of people that wanted Clayton Daniels dead. He really okay. wasn't a popular guy. Um, much like my friend who drove the car through the house, Clayton <laughs> was a loose cannon who started fights with neighbors and instigated confrontations. Uh, one of the neighbors told a story about how it was uh, Molly's coworker decided to do something nice for Molly, and she was like, "I'm going to pay for you to have a night out." And I'm going to pay in so that she was like, you can go treat her to dinner and watch the, and said, you can drop the kids off at the house. I'll watch the kids. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, it's really cool. So they go there and there's a neighbor like bumping music. And Clayton decides that he's going to confront the neighbor about his loud music. And it just like turns into like a huge fucking fight. Ruins the <laughs> night for everybody. Yeah. Like someone bought you dinner and watched your kids. I There would be a me shaped puff of smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you. Pew. It would just be gone. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's someone dedicated to ruining everyone's night. That's yeah, that's yeah, dedication. Yeah. It's like, bro, I will be back at the last possible minute plus fifteen minutes. Like, right. <laughs> if, if we agreed at twelve, I'll be home at twelve. I'll be here at twelve fifteen. Right. I, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I hate guys like that. Like, I don't. Uh, I love that I live in Austin now and I hang out with people who do make believe and do characters for fun. Because, like, people. I grew, yeah, I grew up with guys like this, and they're they're the worst people of all time. They make everything not fun. It's always a problem. You can't bring them anywhere. And that was kind of Clayton. Um, so they were like, man, maybe, so they started thinking maybe a confrontation on the road had escalated to his murder. Mm, like, you know, like maybe. Because they said he was a road rage guy, too. You yeah. know, he was, like, he's, he's everything you think he is. And he's just like <laughs> the kind of guy who would like follow somebody on the road. There was already a story where somebody was like, yeah, one time he fucking cut a guy off in traffic. They went for like eight blocks, like flipping the bird at each other and shit. And so this, this is wasn't an angry out- young man for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, I mean, he's, he's as free as a bird, Kath. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is this bird has no social skills. So <laughs> So all these angles were considered not only by law enforcement, but also by a private investigator employed by the insurance company by the name of, oh, hot name alert, Clark Dickenshite. Yes, Dickenshite. Man, that guy went through a gauntlet as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was forged in the fires of middle school. (laughs) Dickenshite. Good for him. Yeah. Diamond skin. You cannot... Yeah, yeah. You can't say anything to shitty Dick Clark that yeah. he has not already heard. This is a cool customer. This is no yeah, wonder he became yeah, a yeah, PI. Yeah. Like he is, he's yeah. the opposite of Clayton. He is like impossible to rattle. This guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clayton, he, the Claytons of the world were, you know, they had they, they had their time with Clark Dick and Shy, and now he he knows how they work. He understands them, and he's in a position to take them down. Yes. So. Yeah. Two years ago, Dick and Shite had sold the Daniels the $100,000 life insurance policy that Molly stood to cash in on. 
Um, so Clark conducted an interview with Molly and was put off by her lack of emotion. Mm. Um, everybody grieves differently, you know, but like sometimes you're just, you know, Stuff doesn't make any sense. I grieve appallingly. I, 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 I cry aloud. <laughs> you know, so everybody. Yeah. So if I ever do anything wrong and I'm not acting like that, you know, I did it. So I, uh, uh, I, I'm definitely I'm more of a weirdo. I like I don't um, I. I feel like I would be I would raise suspicion in my <laughs> in my grief just because I'm like I do hold i hold it together until i see the other living people grieving and then i lose it like that's when i like i can kind of internalize but then as soon as i see other people's outpouring emotion so like if you were crying then i would be yeah you know i do have to warn you there's one part that there's there's a detail later in the story that did make me cry when i was researching it and i was going i was looking at the thing today and i was i was i I might tear up a little bit. It's a very tragic twist in the story. So good, good for you for being a crier. I I like am so pro men crying. <laughs> it's like the, it's the best. That's like my uh, I I am so grateful I was raised with a crying dad. Like my dad Me is too. Uh, yeah. My dad is such a soft touch. Like he he will definitely tear up like more than my mom. Like I've seen yeah. my dad cry more than my mom. I think that's great. Men yeah, yeah, cry it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Cry it out, dudes. I'm so glad I got that. My dad was, uh, I, I, I want to say like just the, I would say the, the pinnacle of, or not the pinnacle, but a very good example of positive masculinity. Yeah. My dad, he, he, like when people would be like, oh, my dad could beat up your dad. Like, no, my dad like used to like tournament fucking karate fighting. He was in the military. He could work on cars. Uh, he knew all, about all that shit. Didn't, like also would cry was like a totally normal, approachable in dude. Touch like, with his emotions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not a got Clayton. Out, yeah, not a Clayton at all. Yeah, everybody <laughs> got at the military. He bought a, uh, he got the army and he bought a, um, a Camaro, and he got the six cylinder. And he would not get his own oil change. He would he would go to take his oil change, and his boys would give him shit. Like, I got the six cylinder. My dad, like, I know guys that would buckle. He'd be like, well, I, I got the six because you know this this dad. I got changed oil. I'm busy. Da da. My dad didn't give a shit. He was like, I just wanted the fucking car. I got the six, and I got the I got the automatic because I don't like shift. He's like, what do you say? I don't want to shift gears. I want to drive a Camaro. That's all I want to do. God bless I just want to be in the yeah. fucking Camaro. I don't give like, oh, shit to you. I got my yeah, Camaro. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, fuck off. They were like, oh, you don't change your own oil. But I was like, I changed oil for 22 years in the fucking army. Although I'm sure he wasn't changing oil the whole fucking time. But there was a <laughs> very formative period of his service yeah. where he was changing oil. And uh, yeah, he taught me that it's completely okay to not be that guy. Hell and, yeah. Uh, Shout out to Pops. So, so yeah. So another guy, another another Mitch Dickenshite is out here, and he said that you know Molly showed a lack of emotion, and people close to Molly had noticed it too. One night, a few weeks after the incident, while being taken out of the town by friends, Molly asked, "What was the appropriate time for her to start dating again?" And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's got to find someone to help her take care of these kids. So I guess she's yeah, yeah, practical. Exactly. She's practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got there's a, there's a clock ticking. You know what I'm saying? You got to get in there. You got to lock somebody down. Yeah. Uh, also, it's like her friends, like they seem a little judgmental. They definitely seem like some girls from Leander. Because like, <laughs> at one point, one of them was just like, "We took her out to the bar one night, and she's like, what's the best time to start dating?'" And we were all like, "What?" And it was like, "Y'all took her to the bar. Like, what is she like? Right. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> like, what's the point of that? Like, you know, you're gonna go, hey, go meet somebody, go out and have fun. But uh, you know." <laughs> So the, 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 her friends, maybe not the best people, but 
So uh, one night, yeah, a few weeks after the incident, then uh, Molly's babysitter began hearing about a new man in her life from Molly's son, Caleb. So Caleb would talk at length about a guy named Jake. And when he wasn't talking about Jake, he was acting like Jake. And he's like, me and Jake do this. Me and Jake wrestle. We have all this fun. And Jake, 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 Jake. And the babysitter is like, okay, cool. She was like, I thought it was a little weird she was dating already and that he had met her kid, which completely true. That, you know, I feel it's, like it's, I, I knew uh, a new boyfriend who wrestles with the son of uh, the woman like that to me is like raises some red flags. It's yeah. like you don't want the new boyfriend roughhouse with wrestle the kid. with the that's, kid. Yeah, that's a little bit of a pervert signal to me. Yeah. And you got a <laughs> stage. You got a stage like the meeting of like, 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 so my ex Priscilla had two kids, but we knew each other since we were in eighth grade and we were like in yeah. the same social circle pretty much the whole time and then it, out, of, out of high school it intensified we hung out with the same people like out of high school and then years later we got together so i knew her she knew me sure. i met her kids fairly early but yeah, you just be bringing people in you know like and, and this, this is again this is like within 30 days of her husband dying yeah 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 and that's yeah, so that's all that stuff together is is a lot yeah for yeah sure. yeah if you, if you want to have like you know if, if there's somebody that you know slides in after eight and slides out before six you know what I'm saying? Like, like do your thing like but the, if somebody's on the scene like that that'll be a little problematic so also the kid caleb starts acting out uh he starts getting really physically aggressive with everybody in his class uh he starts peeing everywhere they said he was peeing on the walls in the classroom mm. yeah just kind of kind of acting out so they confronted Molly about it with these developments, and uh, Molly told the babysitter that, look, Jake's just a friend, and Caleb is merely acting out his frustration from losing his dad, you know, the man mm, he called dad. Yeah. So this sort of checked out until one morning Molly's car needed a jump from her house. Remember, she lived in the same uh, neighborhood as the babysitter because she had answered a flyer that she had put mm-hmm. up. Yep. So the, uh, Molly's car needed a jump, and her and homegirl are outside trying to figure it out. And she was like, uh, you know, they couldn't, they, they didn't know how to hook up battery cables. And uh, so Jake just comes out the house in the boxer shorts, 7 a.m., you know, like they're way too early. And old girl in the interview that I was watching, she was like, and I, I he, he seemed kind of low class. Earlier she said she, he seemed kind of like trailer trash. And then she admitted that that was classist. Like all the same stuff. She goes, wow, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. This is like discriminatory like to class, but he seemed like trailer trash. And I was like, <laughs> well, I guess you checked all the boxes. You can say whatever right. you want now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've, done the, you've done the prerequisite uh, yeah. <laughs> disclosure, yeah. That, that also seems very Leander to me. It's like feeling... Yeah, oh yeah. Feeling bad about it, but also calling someone trailer trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, yeah, also, yeah, it's just kind of funny. It's like, I guess you say whatever you want now. Like, you know, but also like, you live in Leander. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> so meanwhile, the investigation into Clayton's death had fallen into the lap of the legendary Texas Rangers. Why did I write legendary? I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> but they are legendary. I will they say are. that. Texas Rangers. Yeah. Um, the analysis of the body had determined that Clayton had no soot in his lungs. So, uh, yeah, implying that he had been dead before his car caught a blaze. So, so I'd uh, imagine he's not a pile of ashes at this point. He, he was a burnt up corpse, so they could do an autopsy on him. Yeah, there, yes. well, there was something. So they say pile of ashes, but they also said no soot in the lungs. So right. I, I, There I, must I be something that, they can test. I, maybe it's like the, the lung is like it was like a shell. They can look inside, and I, 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 sure. I don't know. But uh, they, they, they figure it out. But they had also, the medical examiner in Austin had said, this is Clayton Daniels. They released yeah. that report. Yeah. 
So charcoal lighter fluid was found to have been soaked in the driver's seat, making it the hottest area in the car based on burn mm-hmm. evidence. Mm-hmm. Also, the thing about driver's seats is they don't normally burst into flames because there's not, you know, a, a, there's not igni- you know, a, a igniting things on a on right. On not seats. not a usual place to have soaked in lighter fluid. Yeah. Accelerant. Um, generally, that's the word I was looking for. Generally speaking, if your driver's seat is soaked in accelerant, you uh, you make alternative arrangements for transportation. Yeah, yeah. just like starting <laughs> that up. You know? uh, man, I, I had a tire blowout on the last tour that I was on, and uh, the opener kid was like, "So I was like, I'm gonna throw a donut on this. I'm gonna get us to the next show, and then tomorrow I'm gonna f- swap it out." And he was like, mm-hmm. "It's like four hours to the next show." I was like. Yeah, it's like whatever. He's like, well, I looked it up. It says you can't drive more than 60 miles on the donut. I was like, bro, that's what they say because they don't want you to party. Right. That's like the CDC telling us we shouldn't eat medium rare beef. Like, come on. We'll be fine. Yeah, it's like, bro, I don't know where you grew up. I know people who lived entire years on donuts. (laughs) I mean, the worst that happens is the same thing that already happened. So, like, what do you want? Yeah, it's going to be less traumatic because you're not even going as fast because you're on a donut. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the uh, investigators decided to approach the accident from the ground up with a fresh start, beginning with the basics. First off, was that Clayton Davis in that driver's seat? Uh, was that even Clayton? You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah. You sure Clayton's the one that's a pile of ashes this year, driver's seat? <laughs> So detectives were faced with a gruesome task. They had to crack open like a fragment of remaining hip bone in the vehicle in an effort to extract DNA they could analyze. Uh, They then submitted the remains to the crime labs to be compared with samples from Clayton's mother and braced themselves for the long wait that is often shortened by popular TV shows such as CSI. Mm. Uh, I was no wealth of true crime. The amount of times, like, there's, you know, there's rape kits they haven't even looked at yet. Like, nobody, nobody's yeah, DNA yeah, yeah, yeah. is speeding back unless it's a high-profile thing. Yeah. So the process took months. And in the meantime, Molly's friends and family begin to ask about Jake, the new man in her life who was the favorite topic of discussion of her son, Caleb. Molly explained that she had met Jake at the same bar she had met Clayton at, and that Jake had actually been really close friends with Clayton. <laughs> they, oh, okay. Those two knew each other inside and out. Uh, (laughs) Molly's family hadn't seen much of Jake, and Molly explained that by telling them that Jake's job as a long-haul trucker kept him away for weeks at a time. Of course you haven't seen Jake. He's in Nebraska. How many times do I have to tell you he goes to a different school? Um, I think I I feel like I would really like a partner that was a long-haul trucker. That sounds good to me. Because, like... I don't need someone in my hair all the time. <laughs> I like a long break. You come back. Yeah. We have like a nice week together. Then you're gone again. That, gone sounds, again. that sounds perfect yeah. for me. Me and Sid did that for like, 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 like when we first got together, it was like. Your touring like, is, you were kind of like yeah. a long haul trucker of comedy. I, I, I really was. Uh, same, same, same cities and everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Zach Brooks one time in a roast. He was like, Pastor Royce's tour schedule looks like a Sudafed pickup route. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good roast joke. Oh, yeah, solid. Yeah, eviscerated (laughs) me. I'm I'm just now clawing back from that. But uh, yeah, like that was like, and it was kind of good. It it sucked and it's not not tenable. Keeping it up for a long time has its problems. But it was like, I was usually like, Six weeks back, three weeks gone. Six weeks back, mm-hmm, three weeks gone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little shorter back. And, like, that's enough to where, like, you know, you're coming back. It's like a special occasion. A little yeah. separation makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. It helps. Totally. But then 
after a while, it's like, oh, we've developed this entire like uh, back and forth on this weird ebb and flow of when I'm here. Right. Hard to yeah. develop a routine or. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You're always back. It's like a different era when you're back. It's like, oh, this is the time we're trying this. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it can get old. But it, for a while, it keeps things fresh. <laughs> so nothing like getting the hell out of there to make people like you more. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So she had said that. Uh, so she kept Jake away from the family. Now, meanwhile, the babysitter, Jenna, was starting to lose patience with Caleb. Caleb was acting out again. He's getting aggressive. He's hitting kids. Uh, seems like a kid that bites. That's complete, totally conjecture, <laughs> complete hearsay, Sounds very speculative right. on my yeah. part, but I'm pretty sure that kid's biting. So she gave the ultimatum. She said, get Caleb help or find a new babysitter. So then one day the babysitter, Jenna, uh, gets a knock on the door from a Texas Ranger by the name of Garth Davis. And Garth had finally gotten the DNA results from the crash. And while they didn't tell him who the driver was, it did tell him who the driver wasn't. Mm. And it wasn't Clayton Daniels. That's right. Yeah, so Davis shared his results with pertinent authorities. One of them was Burnett Chief Detective Captain Paul Nelson. So Nelson had dealt with Daniels on some pretty serious charges in the past. And he decided that it'd be best to speak with Molly Daniels directly. So him and a response team, they set up like uh, surveillance on her. Mm-hmm. And they ended up, they, they saw that she was meeting up with an unidentified male and they traveled them. Uh, he, the unidentified male picked her up from work and they, they were uh, for her lunch break and they were traveling and they ended up stopping at a Taco Bell in North Austin. Uh, where all good stories come to an end. You know? Yeah, we've, we've probably been to that Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, yeah. take a good guess. Yeah, uh, what, what, Taco Bell, Stastny, or some, no, not Stastny, Runberg, or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I can Nelson, imagine all of this going down at a Taco Bell on Runberg. That yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. <laughs> These dudes hang out at the Runberg Taco Bell, for yeah. sure. <laughs> so they, uh, they get there, and they're there eating, Nelson descended upon Taco Bell, backed by a SWAT team, guns blazing. And SWAT team at Taco Bell. The God SWAT damn. team at Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever Have you ever seen a SWAT team? I feel like they happen a lot in in like Texas. I, I, yeah, I have actually. It's it's pretty crazy. We do you remember Do you remember when I first moved to Austin? I lived with Jared and Josh at that house on Riverside. Yeah, yep. you I, you probably get a party or two at that house. Mm-hmm. Uh, if so, we were at thirteen oh four Loma Drive. Uh, like right by us was thirteen it was Parker Drive and we didn't know it was the same street number thirteen oh four as an apartment complex so oh, it was like shit. us our across the street neighbors and then behind them was this apartment complex was Parker well, well, yeah one morning at seven o'clock a.m. we just hear a flat well we hear like a boom and we just hear Austin PD SWAT team thirteen oh four Parker open up thirteen oh four Parker open up. We're waking up, and 1304 Parker sounds a lot like 1304 Loma. When it's and getting yelled through, like, yeah, riots like, here, yeah. It was the hallway. Every door opens up. It's me, Jared, Josh. We're sliding in our socks. Like, and, we're like, <laughs> and everyone's panicking. And then we fucking were like, we all stopped for a second, and we were like, wait, that's not happening here we open the door there's a whole fucking SWAT response out there holy shit that's crazy yeah I've never seen one I just I feel like they happen all the time down there so yeah yeah they they love they love to pull them out they're like what somebody's late on rent let's get them let's go (laughs) yeah so yeah so they they run up at the Taco Bell guns blazing they they run up on Molly and across from Molly was a man that they you know that uh you know Paul Paul Nelson was all too familiar with 
Clayton Daniels. Clayton Our boy Clay- Jake Wayne Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay- yeah, Clayton Jake Wayne the third Daniels Esquire. <laughs> yeah. Clayton was reportedly eating a burrito and he looked at Paul Nelson mid bite and said, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We like know this guy. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's do, have you seen Red Rocket yet? I feel like I've recommended it to you like nine hundred. I have times. not. Yeah, I have there's, not. There's a dude in Red Rocket named Lonnie, if anybody has seen the movie. Um and and like as soon as I saw Lonnie in this movie, I was like I know this guy. I know this guy from Texas. Like I know Lonnie. And I was talking about this movie at a party in Austin. And this guy was like, Oh yeah. I used to work at Hooters with the guy who played Lonnie. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> this, that's him. Like that is really yeah. him. Cause he's like an amateur actor that they found. And it's like, yeah, that dude worked at a Hooters. Anyway, yeah. Lonnie, this is like a Lonnie archetype to me. Like I know this dude. I know yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, we all we all know Clay. Oh fuck, dude! So they, they run oh, in. Oh fuck, with a burrito in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so they run in, and Clayton looked pretty good for a dead guy. Uh, he had sandy blonde hair, but his dyed black. But aside that, he's in his good emo shape. phase. What are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, 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 yeah. This will be the day that I get raided at Taco Bell. <laughs> So the couple was taken into custody, and the details of their scheme and some disturbing elements of their motive were soon revealed. So, remember there was a $110,000 insurance policy. Yeah. Uh, Molly had acknowledged that the $110,000 insurance payout was helpful, but ultimately wasn't the reason they did it. And this is where things this, things get a little little darker than normal. We've been saying that a lot lately. Sorry, guys. Episodes mm-hmm. are just dark. Scams are getting darker. The world's spinning out of orbit and flying into the sun. Don't blame us. <laughs> so according to the Molly, the reason they did all this was to give Clayton a new life. And why did Clayton need a new life? Well, a few months before the incident, Clayton had been convicted, not charged, convicted of aggravated sexual assault of a child. The <gasps> child being his own niece years earlier in 1996 when he was 16 years old. I knew so, it. Don't let this yeah. guy wrestle your kid. This exactly. is a creep. Yeah, exactly. Precisely. So he was only sentenced to fucking drum roll to, to throw up and disgust. 30 days in jail. Wow. I guess because he was underage probably at the time. Perhaps. I didn't think about that. But he was required to register for a sex offender for the rest mm-hmm. of his life. Yeah. Uh, so which is how they tripped him up, how they got it, they got him was they uh, they interviewed him and he was like, they were like, yeah, this is what your your niece is saying happened, you know, years ago, and he said, and he and he said, well, what does uh, aggravated mean? What what makes it aggravated? And the guy just lied. He said, oh, I mean, you beat her up when you did it. Yeah. And he goes, and no, he's and like, he goes, I didn't do that. Yeah, I just yeah, had yeah, sex yeah, with her. Yeah. 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 Clayton, yeah, is, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, that's a common tactic. My buddy right here on the wall one time, somebody owed him $20, and he said they owed him $20 for crack. And they're like, no, I owe him $20 for ecstasy. And he's like, ha Gotcha, <laughs> bitch. Yeah. yeah, gotcha, bitch. No, I don't smoke crack. I did ecstasy. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Boom. 
That's so, interesting. Uh, yeah. So he he asked like define aggregate uh, aggravated, and they they lied to him. Yeah. He's like, that isn't what I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> what, I wasn't aggravated. Uh, <laughs> as yet, so he was only sentenced thirty days. He had to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Now, as young parents who lived across the street from a school, this would totally have upended their life. Yeah. Uh, he was supposed to stay home and watch their kids. Now he couldn't stay home and watch the kids. Now, like, like this is like I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to like shed sympathy on sex offenders here, but this fucked up everything. So I can yeah. I can kind of see that she's like, yeah, cool, we get one hundred ten thousand dollars. We're gonna need that because we're we're giving him a new life like this. So I do believe her that it wasn't just let's do this to get some money. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're like super close to the margins and it's like. Okay, well, now he has to move. Like, we have to find a new place to live. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, th- I think there's pros and cons to the, the sex offender registry for sure. And, like, yeah, this I, I this totally tracks to me. And, like, yeah, the, the money is a nice bonus to set this guy up with a new yeah. identity. Yeah, but it was, yeah, even if so, if, even if the, the end of the rainbow wasn't $110,000, I would... St- I would still imagine I would want to dodge my label as a sex offender. Totally, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, there's no money. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Let's just do this. Let's, you know, let's let's pull this thing off because I don't want to be labeled as a sex offender. So I, right. I do believe her when she says it wasn't just straight up insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as you, so as to why Molly would go through all this trouble to help a convicted child rapist, uh, she gave a defense that I don't think would sound out of place from a Leander resident today in 2023. (laughs) She said, you know, I've always been the kind of person who takes all the information given to me and forms my own opinions. Do your own research, girl. Do your own research on your child rapist boyfriend. Great. I don't just do it. I don't just believe the sex offender registry, okay? (laughs) I get to know the man. I see how he interacts with my kids. You know? (laughs) I I leave him alone with my children and see if anything happens. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Poor woman. (laughs) Yeah. She said she 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 forms her own opinions instead of just going with what I'm told was the actual the the full quote by the sex offender registry great (laughs) plan great job so you you're like hey you know he's a registered sex offender like oh so you just believe everything you read on the internet (laughs) yeah it's at texas.gov yeah fucking right (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so they begin to plot uh, internet search records from her work and personal computers showed hundreds of Google searches for like straight up like how hot does it need to be to burn a body? How or, to fake death Reddit? Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, how to fake death Mexico? Question mark. Uh, how to find a body was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of and all of this was also coupled with uh. uh Plastic surgeon, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, dental surgery, Mexico. Uh, it, it was all. It was all. God bless them. In a folder labeled Mexico. Nice. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just really, just <laughs> like, get, like literally put it out there. So now, but here's this is where this is where it gets like like all the shit sucks. Like they, they, these are easily some of the shittiest people we've ever covered. Um, Clayton said, also, you know what I just thought about? Everybody knew this dude got popped for fucking uh, assaulting his niece, and they still played Freebird at his fucking funeral. Yeah, like his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have been like, play the worst song of all time. Play fucking Macarena. <laughs> play, yeah, just say, yeah. <laughs> like, don't give this guy Freebird, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, and this bird is not 18. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, 
So for the plan to work, they needed a body. Mm-hmm. And Clayton said he knew just the spot. It was a rural cemetery outside of Burnett called Pebble Mound. And he used to pass it on his way to work at an old job. It's not clear if they knew this, but for decades, Pebble Mound Cemetery had been used to house Indian indigent burials. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cemetery for people with no family who couldn't afford a burial plot. What's colloquially, colloquially known as a pauper's grave. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was what this place was. So they did their research. They knew they had to pick a fresher corpse. It had to be somewhat newer. And so they went for one near the entrance. I don't know what he was just like, yeah, man, they, you know, they stack them in from the back. You know, so we'll just get one right near the gate. Yeah, I and guess. I mean, it sounds like it worked for a while. I feel like I would case the joint and keep an eye on when there was a new one. But yeah. I guess they just were like, let's go toward the front. Yeah, it's like a line. Yeah, like it couldn't be too new, though. Because I guess there was like two new, then you have all like the embalming material. Formaldehyde and stuff. And formaldehyde yeah, like that's that. interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So they, they got one. It was the, the body they chose was an 81-year-old woman who had died two years earlier in 2003. And this is the part, this, this is the part that got me. Uh, her name was Charlotte Davis. And although she lived most of her life wheelchair-bound in group homes uh, she, and suffered from a mental handicap, she was still very full of life and she was a social person. And everybody, like, like she was described as fundamentally happy. She was a happy yeah. person. And she had become very close with her caretaker, Laura Loveless, who, doing the interview... I've heard you hear people cry in interviews. This woman was like day of bawling, like in the oh. interview. Couldn't even fucking keep it together. Uh, yeah, she got very so close sad. with her and she bought her a brand new dress for her burial and got oh. a donated grave close to the cemetery gate because she said she liked to still be in the mix. And she was like a little nosy lady and she'd be in everybody's <laughs> business. So they were like, they put her under a live oak tree by the cemetery gate so she could see everybody coming and going. And she could yeah, still be in the yeah. mix. Keep, keep up on things. Yeah. That's, that's very, that's a very sad. I, I yeah. have such a soft spot for the elderly. I, I like, when I was a salesman, they'd be like, hey, Pat, you got to turn and burn, talk to new customers. And I'm like, I have to teach this 81-year-old woman how to use an iPhone, and you're going to give me four hours, and right. none of us are going to say anything fucking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was the part that got me. This is a very sad part, and honestly, fuck these people to death. Yeah. Um, also, because in a somehow even more heartbreaking twist, her only wish of her death was to not be cremated motherfucker yeah God damn yeah, it that's these assholes these fucking cowards and assholes like it, it really <laughs> it, that's like a really shitty part just not to be cremated also completely conjecture maybe just like uh reaching but i can imagine someone um is it, it, a mental disability i can see maybe that she's like i don't want you to burn my body that's scary you know like yeah, yeah, yeah what if she was just scared of like ah, that's so sad to me so Clayton Daniels was charged with arson, insurance fraud, and desecration of a cemetery. He was sentenced to 45 years on top of the 20 he was going to serve for violating his probation for the sexual assault charge. Because he was on probation yeah. for a sexual assault charge when he fucking morphed into Jake. You know? yeah. So, like, yeah. and uh, That's definitely um, a violation of probation to do all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not allowed to do that. You will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You'll be in trouble. Fucking dick and shites flipping through the pages. He's like, it's in here somewhere. <laughs> Hold on. Don't, don't move. I got this. This is definitely a rule. We definitely made a rule about this. Uh, I did write this a little like half in the bag. I uh, hopefully he dies in prison. I usually try <laughs> to keep my opinions out of the script, but yeah, hopefully he dies. So he's in prison. still there. He's still he's still, still in there, prison. still in jail. Yeah, uh, this guy. Molly Daniels was charged with insurance fraud. This was fucked up. Is he seems like 
he's he, he's a horrible person. He's an idiot, but he's definitely not the brains of the operation. And mm. it seems like he was just like, all right, yeah, I'll go fucking do that. And he clearly had no problem with it, so fuck him to death. He basically like, didn't deserve this woman. Is what it yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> this woman did way too much work for him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like when they ask her friends again, like, her shitty Leander friends, they're like, "What do you think he, she saw in him?" And she was like, "You know, I think it was just the first guy that ever paid any attention to her." Oh just, my god, these <laughs> mean friends! That sucks. They're, yeah, they're like, she doesn't even go here. <laughs> they, they, yeah, it is. It is kind of shitty. Uh, Molly is a very plain woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a lot of frills on yeah. Molly's face. Uh, not you know, like so. I could see that, you know, she's like this dude, this fucking reckless, ne'er-do-well fucking devil without a cause who's a registered sex offender, you know. I guess she thought that was hot. But Mm. um, she was given 20 years for insurance fraud, which Mm -hmm. was tech because he did all the dirty work. Right. Uh, She came up with the idea, yeah, yeah, and was in cahoots, but he did all the The only thing I could think she did was drive him out there because I, I detail i forgot to mention after he set the car on fire he fled on a motorcycle that had been previously stashed out there yeah so she probably, so she probably drove him to that. stash the motorcycle yeah but yeah so she got insurance fraud and she was sentenced to 20 years uh jurors re- expressed regret they couldn't give her more time for the pain that she caused her kids you know because yeah. like like her, her son's like he's like pissing on walls beating up his classmates you know because he's yeah he's the, got the some dude's, issues yeah and Molly sucks, and she gives very conditional apologies in interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of those people like, so when when confronted with, you desecrated a corpse, uh, the woman, the lady's caretaker said she she buried her in the new dress because she wanted the world to know that someone cared about her. Yeah. Like, she didn't want anybody to think nobody cared about this lady in a pauper's grave. Yeah. So she said, she was like, you know, they say I desecrated a corpse, and all these people, this is for Molly. She said, they all claim to be God-fearing Christians. So if they're Christians, they know she's in heaven. And that was just her body. <laughs> it's like, yeah, get fucked. God lady. would like, be totally yeah, cool with yeah. me stealing this woman's body <laughs> to do insurance fraud for my shitty husband. Yeah, that's wild. God, God is looking at y'all like y'all are so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she said that. Uh, the, the, one of the interviewers was like, but, you know, when people dedicate time to a ritual for their loved one's body they assume it's going to stay in the ground and she was like well that's that's your opinion <laughs> so <laughs> she's doing her own research yeah yeah it's all your opinion when they she were yeah exactly the yeah 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 i believe you know yeah yeah i i believe covid is a myth and then i can pray it away and you know like that's just as valid <laughs> so she they would, would said that we're like hey you know uh a lot of the jurors said they wish they could give you more time because of the pain you caused your kids she said that's ridiculous She's like, you can look it up. My crime is not against my son. My crime is insurance fraud. And it's like, okay, yeah. Well, yeah that's, they'd be like, this is an unrepentant yeah, asshole. Yeah. yeah, my crime is, yeah, my crime isn't hitting somebody with my car. My crime is drunk driving. You know, it's, it's like, right. yeah, well, you did that. That happened because you did that. Now you your know? kids like, have no parents. You fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah you fucking dumbass. Um, also. They're like, what about the, when the community rallied together and got all your fucking all this bill yeah. money together for you? She said, I never asked them to do that. I didn't ask them to do that. Just like you, you, yeah, like these are just some of the worst people we've ever covered. Um, <laughs> and then so she is good news, she's back on the street. She was released in 2016. Uh, oh, wow. So she's still out there in Leander. <laughs> yeah, she's out there in Leander. Uh, you know, like definitely, you know, the, she's like the uh, pseudo Casey Anthony kind of, I guess, maybe. <laughs> I wonder if she's ever been at a show. I do a lot of shows in North Central Texas. Um, yeah, possible. Yeah. So. 
her that they said her kids uh, her kids went into the custody of her sister who was taking care of who is not who said she has not forgiven Molly for what she did to the kids and then also said that uh, one time she got a new haircut and fucking kid Caleb freaked out he didn't like that he didn't like that she had new hair don't change your hair how can you just change your hair like that you know because he had to watch his dad put fucking shoe polish in his head yeah you know, and like, oh my god yeah that sucks this yeah. poor kid uh charlotte's remains were returned to her grave in pebble mound there okay. she stays under the live oak next to the entrance um yeah r.i.p charlotte that is uh yeah that's that story worth it Negative 10,000% no. Yeah, really? fuck these people. <laughs> yeah. These are assholes. Uh, thumbs fuck. down. Do not do all of this to <laughs> save a sex offender. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Don't, like, like, like. That is, a, it's a fascinating story, though. I'm glad yeah, you yeah. did this one, even though I hate these people. This is, yeah, this is wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy, because I'm like, damn, this happened right down the road. Like, this is like. Yeah, I never you know, heard this about like, this. Yeah, 50 minutes from my house. And I remember, like, I where I was out in the world this time i was out of high school like i i was surprised i did not hear about this but this is also like you literally saw the news on the news and that was it you know you, right there was no phones <laughs> like that yeah and i was not paying attention to the news the one upside on this at least for uh clayton is that there is a far greater than zero percent chance like probably a 60 percent chance he's doing time with somebody i know and uh i, <laughs> I and i just know those i i, I hope you know I hope he's gotten smacked around a little bit in there because, you know, fuck that guy. Like, when you hear this story, how do you not just be like, well, I'm going to cash out of this domino game and beat the hell out of you, like, with a piece (laughs) of my bed that I broke off. So I hope that happened. Uh, Yeah, totally not (laughs) worth it. Uh, That being said, guys, if you liked what you heard, we like to see up top. We do two more episodes a month on our Patreon, patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. We are on TikTok at Lie, Cheat, Steal Podcast, and we're on Twitter at LCS Podcast. And I am going to start running a monthly show at the newly founded South Austin Comedy Club. Oh, and it's no. called Sa- yeah, it's going to be monthly. It's called Saturday Pint Live. And we're doing the first one on July eighth, and Rochelle McConico is headlining. It's going to be really fun, and you should come out. Kaz, what do you got for us? Um, I have a monthly show called Paid Protest. Uh, we do a fundraiser for a different DSA working group every month. Uh, our next one is July 7th. I believe it's at 8. Um, that one is at the Silo, which is 90 Scott Ave in Bushwick if you live in New York City. I also have some travel dates. If you live in uh, upstate New York, I'm doing a show in Teresa, New York. I think the weekend this comes out. It's the weekend of the 16th. So come to that. Hell yeah. Um, Everything else, I'm on Twitter at Kath Barbadoro. I have a sub stack. I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive. Check all that stuff out. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope everybody's summer is going great. Get out there. Enjoy it. Be safe. Be smart. But above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye.